With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Here at William Hill, you'll find pre-game and in-play cricket odds on loads of competitions. From test matches to one-day internationals, T20s and domestic cricket, we've got everything covered. Visit williamhill.com 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with. Season four of Middle Peas Umpire is sponsored by Step One. You see how I just carried on the theme there, Miles? So people listening to this will now think, wow, that was an extra length song of the intro there. Wait a minute, let's do it. This actually feels a little bit WWE. Anyway, hello and welcome to the this episode of Middle Please On I am Mark Wood and I am with my co-star, the man, the main event, the man with a plan, Miles Jones. Hello, everyone. Uh, I don't have a plan, Woody, but I'm flattered to think that I give off some sort of a vibe, that I'm an organised person, that I could orchestrate uh, in- anything, frankly. You're looking very well. I felt a bit like Michael Buffer there. I felt like Michael Buffer there, and then the guy that does the, let's go right rumble, that guy. But then you've just took it down a notch I, I don't know if I'm like psyched up I mean I'm back balling I'm well, feeling good I'm back on it but you're very much that is mm. our um, that, that that's that's an ex- ex- excellent example of the way that we have slightly different energies you're you know you're like Mr Motivator and I'm more like um, perhaps not even a person like a food stuff a yoghurt <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a yoghurt you know that's essentially <laughs> what, would, what would you say as mellow what would you say as mellow as a, as a pudding or a person a person, or maybe maybe I like that Coldplay song, but instead of "It's All Yellow," you you just be "It's All Mellow." Do you know what? The very first time I did "Have I Got News for You," which was I can't remember when, but uh, in the old days at the London studios that were on like the South Bank, and there'd be loads on a Thursday night. You'd have loads of different things being filmed at once, and so backstage it was kind of slightly bonkers. For instance, once I was waiting. I was doing a, 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 a news view again, and down the corridor came the guest for the Graham Norton show, 
and it was Jennifer Lopez and Freddie Flintoff were walking down the corridor and I was standing next to my friend Tom Price and uh, I went, wow! And he went, you're excited about Freddie Flintoff, aren't you? And I went, yes. Yeah, that's of the two of them, that is the one I'm more excited to see. <laughs> but the very first time I did it, in the dressing room, genuinely, the dressing room next to me, and we've not we've not um, ever been given dressing rooms together since, uh, Snoop Dogg was in the dressing room next to me. and Snoop Dogg, the, the The very same. And he, uh, judge, judging by the, the sort of the general atmosphere, I, I imagine he would have been in quite a mellow mood by the time he came out of his... <laughs> And, and do you know what? I'm just so excited still because England have just pulled off on the best wins. Unbelievable. Ages, Un- ages. Best wins. Unbelievable. How good is Even that? Even Stokes, Stokes in that press conference going, I actually don't quite understand how this, we've chased 299 and there's still 20 overs left in the day and we bowled 15 overs. It was extraordinary, oh. Woody. But also one of those strange things when there was a sense of, kind of a sense of destiny about it that infected even the journalists in a way were... You know, not necessarily being that even-handed about it when they're in their write-ups on the fourth evening, going, you know, this this could happen. This could definitely happen. This could definitely happen. Do you see the thing on social media where it was like a young kid? It was his first because they'd opened the gates in on the last day where everything was for free, which is obviously awesome. Like, well done, not to County Cricket Club, but like they'd open it up and then like that was like some kid's first game going to watch. Like, for example, I know you've told me before, like Atherton. I've mentioned that. Yeah, that's right. And then, like, that could be some kid's first game. Surely, be inspired by that, wouldn't you? Well, it would be amazing. I don't know if on the journey home, though, if he's turned to his whoever he's gone with and said, "So is it always like that?" Then, and what what their answer is yeah. had to be. It's lucky. It was lucky that it was that one. It wasn't that time before that you had to chase against New Zealand. What was it? Two hundred and seventy, and got to. I don't know. I, I don't want to put it down on this, but I played in that game, right? And the wicket was. I don't think the wicket was as good as the Trent Bridge one. I think it would have been harder for it to chase at Lords. I'm sure the conditions were different, but it, it, you know, of of the two games, which would, I know you played in one of them, so you couldn't technically have been in the. It's crowd. more the mindset, isn't it? That's that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, have you have you been having chats with um, Brendan? Why is Brendan shortened to Baz? Have I said this to you before? Baz is short for Barry. Why does Brendan get shortened to? to to Baz. I, I mean, obviously, I there's, there's there's bigger questions. Presumably, this is the sort of thing that Rob Key asked him at the interview stage. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure. Actually, I don't, after I don't he know. mumbled through all the business about coaching certificates, oh well, I'm just a big fan of the game. Anyway, what's your name? Uh, but has he? Has he? Have you been on the phone to him? Has he been saying, "No, come on, Woody. Obviously, this is." No, um, he just he messaged when he first got the job, which was lovely. Um, just like wish as well, and and if I needed anything, which was really nice. But since when you're out in the dressing room, you tend not to want to... You want to be back in, but you don't want to bother people that are in the dressing room. So I don't I don't message the lads that much or anything like that. I'd like, I'd say well played if people have done well and I'll message them and stuff. But I don't like to, to bother them when they're, when they're in the camp, when they're in the bubble and you're not in it. You feel like that guy that's like, hello, remember me? It's like, nah, it's like you just want to... Well, Johnny Bear, yeah. I mean, presumably because Johnny Bairstow has been on Middle Please Umpire, he'd, he, that in particular, he would find exciting to be contacted by you. Well, what an extraordinary innings. Oh, I was so proud of Johnny Lake. Wow. And also, just as a, as a sort of... As a pebble to throw into the pond when people are debating, oh, well, you know, all these people coming back from the IPL... Uh, and going straight into test matches, that's not very sensible, is it? To suddenly throw that, you know, the pebble into the pond, that is that debate, and you go, well, hang on a minute, look, look at the mindset I've arrived with. It was absolutely extraordinary stuff. He's got to be one of the first names on the sheet now, hasn't he? I mean, yeah. 200s, like, lately. And, and then that knock there is one of the, I think it's one of the best I've seen for, in test match cricket in terms of, like, 
basically a match winning innings. That's what that's what it was. But if you think about the the, the resourcefulness of New Zealand and their their temperament, yeah, they're right? good. They they are good, and I know I know they're a bowler down and they're a captain down. But at the same time, it's so unusual to see like the New Zealand side having a kind of what are we going to do now kind of look on them. My my friend who was at the first game at Lords, he said, you know, they are amazing this New Zealand team. They got bowled out for almost nothing. And when they walk out to field, they still look as if they could win the game, you know, and they've got that. They carry that positivity with them. That thing that Stokes was talking about, Johnny Eyes, then, is that is that a phenomenon that you've all been aware of that's been kept kept under wraps? Yeah, so it's like, um, it's like, you know, if you've got a stair on with something and you can't break that stair. Like Paddington Bear. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't blink, but you've like got like a bit of a wide-eyed view. And when he has yeah. them eyes on, it, it, he, he's after you. Even even in the like a as a ball on the nets or you know times in the game. I remember in the World Cup prep in Dubai, we were playing New Zealand. Actually, got hit in the stomach with a full toss, and the umpire didn't call it a free hit. So the next ball, his eyes had gone. <laughs> he had the Johnny stare on. He smacked his bat into the floor, and next ball he hit it out the stadium for six. <laughs> <laughs> and you just think, don't don't wake up um, the angry Yorkshire bull because he, he um, I mean, he's, he's you know a strongly and well built lad anyway. Like he's a strong lad, but the way he hits the ball, sometimes when he hits the ball, you could imagine the ball screaming, couldn't you? Going as it's flying for six. It was one of those innings. I think this is why this is why people hate fielding. Mm. The thought of I, I, you know, them all going into the crowd is presumably a relief when you're fielding. But you're not thinking like, oh, I'll just attack the ball with my hands. Your first thing is right, get something behind it and make sure you stop it. It's a different yeah. feeling, isn't it? To like, like thinking, oh, I'll attack this. It's basically hockey goalkeeping, isn't it? You do, you couldn't yeah. hear a lot yeah. in the last hour. There wasn't a lot of clap clap. Come on, lads, walking in. I mean, it was a it was an element of just yeah. total fear. But and also, yeah. so st- give yourself Stokes, a yard. Yeah. <laughs> Soft hands, attack the ball. <laughs> That's real sort of, yeah, come on, men, run, 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 try and run towards the bullets. Um, <laughs> but to Stokes to score his runs at that lick and it to be sort of unnoticed, I suppose we've seen it a lot from him, but also, you know, he played a sort of glory, what would have been on another day a match winning innings that was just, you know, yeah, just on one leg. Of this thing. Yeah, on one, well, I hope, yeah, I hope the other one's grown back since because we could, we could do without that sort of. He hit, do you say that six he hit? Unbelievable. Massive, wasn't it? Very, very, and it was very straight hit, wasn't it? But up, is that like the fourth tier or something? I mean, it's a big ground, Trent Bridge. Yeah, it was a long way of that. You could tell he got it as well because he, he gave it that like ooh, like uh, pout his lips, like ooh, like I've got that. Yeah, but also because it's quite straight as well, you can't, you know, when someone you see those enormous sixes going over mid wicket, sometimes you could say, oh, well, that's a slog, or whatever. But you're like, if you're hitting the ball that straight, you can't call it. Uh, slog, can you? There's, you know, there's, there's a real artistry, even, even though it's brutal, a shot like that. There's still an artistry, like you know, and and he's playing in the V. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's incredible. When, when you've sat in the crowd before, have you ever felt nervous sat in the crowd when someone's been batting? Yeah, well, um, Ashes 05 at the Oval on the last day, I was in front of the gas holder when Peterson was facing Brett Lee, and the ball was going over my head. And after a while, I started thinking, this is ridiculous. It's all right for them. You know, got Sean Tate on the boundary. If it comes towards him, he knows what he's doing. I, 
I'm just a sort of person sitting here if that thing comes towards me. Well, you, you had you had the um, Johnny hooking it into that stand when they were doing the short ball tactic. So then people there must have known it was coming. We'd already had a ball and a beer. And it seems like when the ball goes into the crowd, some try and catch it. But if you've got like five or six people jumping over you and clambering over you, the ball could go anywhere. I just wondered if it's like as a spectator. Sometimes you're a bit like, right, switch on here. <laughs> Everybody. Man positions. I do remember once actually being at a Lord's Tabner's game and Gus Gus Mackay was batting in you know, a Zimbabwe uh, all-rounder. He still hits it mightily hard and we were sort of commentating in a pavilion and it was going over our heads. And I just thought this is this is a sort of the crazy dangerous bit of the game that people don't talk about. If you are a spectator watching, would you be happy with the amount of boundaries? Because obviously that's entertaining. But it seemed to be like at Trembridge, it was like glass, the outfield. So it was either a dot of four, it was like nothing else. Like in between, I think most boundaries ever, wasn't it? I I like the all run threes, uh, or an all run four as well, or a five six few overthrows. I think if it's if it's that many boundaries after a while, it's, you might as well be playing Brian Lara cricket on the old PS one. <laughs> it's a baller, I hear. Like if it's boundary, 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 you're like because oh, it just like if it's a one, it still relieves pressure, but at least you can sort of keep some sort of yeah check on it as if like oh. Right, but when it's boundary, 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 it's like oh, you just can't seem to. It's just like that drip and tap, isn't it? It's just leak, 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 and you just can't stop it. It's, it's a horrible feeling. Well, put put the boot on the other foot. What what situations have you been in where you've been on the receiving end of an innings like that and thought this is just what the hell do we do here? T T twenty well, semi final. Yeah, there's been. Oh, I mean, I've watched plenty of. Um, games as well where I've been now haven't played and stuff or, or games I have played in the first one that comes to mind is um, the one I was there for but I didn't play was Steve Smith he got 200 I think at Perth yeah and we tried so many different plans but he just combated it all it was a bit like like we are trying to get him out it's not like we're just born but it was like at one stage it, it just seemed like no matter where we bowled he just hit it where he wanted which was a bit frustrating but I think it's more the destructive innings. I mean, I remember bowling at Chris Gale in a one day and that was, I mean, it's different of a test match, but it's just like, well, what, what do we do next? I've tried York as he smacked that. I've tried short, he smacked that. I've tried slow balls, he smacked that. Right, she'll try length. Oh no, he smacked that. So it's like, <laughs> what's the what's the plan here? What, what else do we do? So I, I think in test matches, you always feel like, right, because you can have either everybody out or the, the red ball tends to move more than the white ball. I've at least got a chance somewhere if I just hold my nerve. But yeah. Johnny just... The thing about Johnny, when I watched it, it didn't, to me, seem like he'd give them a sniff until he got yeah. out. Like, he just... When it was a good ball, he blocked it. If they pulled anything slightly off, I mean, if it wasn't on that five-pence piece, he smacked it. And it yeah. was like... He's, your margin for error items just seems so small. It is intimidating for a bowler. If, you, if you're if you're going to bowl to Johnny and he's in that mood, it is intimidating because, yes, you might think, oh, well, on the positive side, you've got a chance to get a wicket if he's playing like this. But he didn't look like getting out. Even when he, even when he got out, I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. If, if anything, you thought, well, Stokes, he might get out here because he's struggling with his leg. And I was so pleased that he saw it through. But like it looked like Johnny was never going to give a chance. Until he was out? No, remar remarkable stuff. You know, in terms of what the atmosphere seems like with the team already, it does seem that things are going in the right direction. I know it's early days and I know we've been told to take time, but, you know, I'm 42. I don't have the patience I once did. Come on, guys, crack on. 
Um, now, can I ask you, Woody, um, uh, how comfortable you are right now? What are you What are you wearing, for instance? You, you can see me. I can see. Ah, I can only see your head and shoulders. I am trying to gently remind you that we are uh, sponsored this series by uh, a fantastic, fantastic uh, underwear manufacturer from uh, uh, our friends in Australia, uh, Step One, who uh, were very, very generously sent us more pants than I've ever seen. And they are, um, I've, I've got a pair on at the moment, Woody, and, and other items, other clothing items, uh, but they are... Honestly, they're they're fantastic. I mean, I would I would wear them for formal occasions. Do you want me to? I do... Don't show them. Don't. No. No. Turn off your. Can you see them from the back? <laughs> Woody, your, your webcam's missed it up. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> I've genuinely I've had emails from some friends who have bought the underpants or boxer shorts as a result of listening to Middle Please Umpire, available on all your platforms, uh, and have written to me. Partly to say that they enjoy the podcast, but also to say, gosh, aren't those pants comfortable? I have worn them in a sporting setting where I've actually used them for my cricket. So not only do they work around the house, maybe for leisurely activities, but also they work in a cricket setting. A pad for all occasions, if you will. Le- leisure activities that you wear that you wear pants for. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't honestly didn't know such things existed. I mean, it rules out instantly, what, hoovering, dusting, lawn mowing. So step one has been the boxer shorts or the briefs or the pants that you're referring to. I mean, I haven't heard them be called pants before, but yeah, step one was the pants. Step two, shall that be the mailbag? Uh, that We can go straight onto the mailbag. So uh, we are always very grateful to people sending in letters to our, or emails to our virtual mailbag. I, f- I feel like we should have a, like a, a theme for the mailbag. Because we just say, here's the mailbag. I think it should be like, you know how like Sega had Sega? We should have like mailbag. Uh, yeah, what's that called? A sting? A, um, the champions? You know, that kind of... Um... Can you think of one now, quick? No, that's a real job, writing stings. Jingles, they're called jingles, aren't they? I thought you meant Sting was writing one about the mailbag. Sting is welcome to offer us one and we'll decide if we if we use it i suppose if you, if you haven't got a letter you want to send perhaps you would like to record yourself singing some sort of ditty about the mailbag and that 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 could be the sort of thing that people could write into the mailbag with letters letters a b c woody and miles that's the place to be oh that's mailbag that is mm, mm, that's very mm, good mailbag. yeah something like mm, you mm. you were too young but in the 90s people like me watched tfi friday hosted by chris evans and the band reef would did a version of Put Your Hands Up, but it was, um, it's your letters. And that, that's kind of what we want. So if, um, if you're a band and you've got a song that <laughs> you could change the words to mailbag. Surely you could do one. What's Me. the story of Maily Baggy? Wouldn't you like to know? Maily Baggy. I think Baggies is, yeah. Yeah, is that, do you think that's my biggest hit, Woody? Because I, I didn't even sing on that one. I sang on um, the one that's obviously called I'm Archie, but also the other... Um, do you know, can you remember the other song? I'm going off the rails on a crazy train. No, no, it was, it was no, it was, it was very close. It was actually called Great Inventions, Groovy Solutions. Uh, and it was, well, I think we all remember that summer, an absolute club anthem. Okay, um, <laughs> so it was all the phone parties. It was all absolutely sort of thundering out of the, uh, the subwoofers. Uh, okay, dude, send in a jingle. If you can think of a mailbag jingle, um, by all means, um, please, please go for it. Right, okay. This is a letter from Neil Rose. Mark and Miles thoroughly enjoyed your episode with Derek Pringle, and it reminded me when I was mistaken for a cricketer myself. None other than the great man, Derek Pringle. 
Uh, I was on a cricket tour of Kenya in the 1980s. We were batting and I was sitting behind a lady in the pavilion seats who mistook my voice for that of Mr Pringle. Turns out she was Nigel Popperwell's wife, so she knew Derek Pringle quite well, apparently, and from the sound of my voice, she was convinced he was sitting behind her. She explained this after she turned around and found me sitting there, much to her surprise. I'm from Essex, so I guess we all sound the same, but fortunately, I didn't follow Mr Pringle's mode of correction. <laughs> As it turned out... Mrs. Popperwell was very charming. Neil Rose, I think that is the correct correct decision not to um, not not to always respond uh, in the manner of Derek Pringle. This is from uh, Gary Bridgen. Hi, Mars and Mark. Love the podcast. Gives me many a chuckle on long drives. Keep up uh, the good work. Uh, thank you very much. I, you can also listen to it in smaller chunks as uh, part of a short commute. Uh, listening to some of the worst games of cricket, I was reminded of a fixture I played back in 1980 as a mere 10-year-old in an under-11s game. My school, Winterbourne Juniors, made the short trip to Beulah Juniors. We won the toss, put the opposition in. Shortly after, they were all out for five. <laughs> And we were left with a target of six to win the game. I was put in to open the batting. Playing a year up, the teacher thought it would be a good idea. But it was not. Straight ball bowled, bat wafted, bales dislodged, golden duck and one unhappy ten-year-old me. In the end, we won by seven wickets after only five balls. There was one other first baller and a two-ball duck before our best player came in and smacked his first delivery for a six. <laughs> <laughs> All done and dusted in about 20 minutes. It does sound like it was zipping about there and absolutely unplayable. That's a, that's a sort of green top. Gutsy, by the way, to come in and hit your first ball for six with everything going on there. Exactly. I'd have played myself in, I think. There's no point, you know, you've got to build your innings there. So the whole delivery, you won off five balls. They batted shortly after they, that whole game could be less than five overs conce- conceivably. Uh, yeah, blue right in. If you've been involved in a lower scoring game than five, please... <laughs> Six for three. Five all out is beaten by six for three. We'd love to hear about it. Uh, this is from Matt Hoslin. Hi, Miles and Woody. Uh, love the podcast. Always ask for medical please umpire when requesting a guard. Please keep it going. Recently, I've been re-listening through the episodes while cooking, and it reminded me I've been meaning to email for ages about a nickname that developed over a season for our opening batsman, Bill. Some background to this is required. We are a pub team called The Camel, and Bill joined our ranks in 2015. He's a very quiet, lovely man, and a quality batsman, easily our best player then. He left the ball so well, shouldering arms so calmly, a great judge of the ball, and just generally a great man. One afternoon at London Fields, Bill, unusually for him, was out early and was sent out to umpire. The opposition that day had the tails up as we were reduced to not many for four. They were fiery and appealing for everything, huge inside edge onto pad, and they all went up screaming at Bill for the wicket. Not out, he kept saying in his tranquil manner. After about half an hour of this relentless shouting for wickets, the bowler gave Bill loads of grief about a wide he'd given. Out of nowhere, <laughs> out of nowhere, Bill finally shouted, "Will you just fuck off back to your mark?" <laughs> we were all taken aback, as he was normally so quiet and placid. Henceforth, he was called Wildman Bill. <laughs> Later that season, we had a league game against Bluesbury Royals. We got about 180, and the Royals were making a decent effort at the chase. The game was drifting away from us, and they needed just six runs from two overs with three wickets left. They were favourites. We knew it. Wildman didn't usually bowl, being an opening batsman, but we had no bowlers left, on, left, so on he came. He took three wickets for three runs and miraculously won us the game. Absolute scenes ensued, followed by a few pints back down the camel. The following Monday, the headline in the Hackney Gazette was Bill Breaks Bloomsbury Hearts. From then on, Wildman was known as Wildman Bill the Heartbreaker. <laughs> At the end of that season, Bill moved away and left our WhatsApp group without saying anything to anyone. We often talk about Wildman Bill the Heartbreaker, never to be seen again, and eternally breaking hearts. Gosh, a very sad end suddenly to that letter. I wasn't expecting that at all. 
Uh, well, if, if you know the whereabouts of Wildman Bill, if he's gone into witness protection, for heaven's sake, respect that. But otherwise, if you know the whereabouts, or you are Wildman Bill, for heaven's sake, get in touch. Um, I, people would love to hear how you It could be a hell of a reward on him. Well, it sounds very good, doesn't it? Maybe it's Wildman Bill and the and the crazy gang or something now, and there's some sort of movie about them. Maybe White Earp's chasing them. Yeah, all you have to do, as Holmes said, was rule out what? Rule, rule out the impossible, and all that remains is the, uh, what did he call it? The truth? The mer- the murderer. The truth. There we are. Thank you very much, Woody. Do keep sending us your letters. Uh, unusual grounds. Cricketers spotted in everyday places. We've not had a single cricketer spotted in that mailbag. Not a single petrol station. Well, I mean, this is this is one of the, of course, knock-on effects of the cost of living crisis. People are not filling up their cars. People are not seeing cricketers at petrol stations. Mm. Perhaps we need to open other sort of um, categories, really, for people to be spotting cricketers. Uh, eateries, obviously, people have done. Perhaps you've uh, seen Mark Lathwell on a barge holiday. Uh, let us know. Well, you say, right? You know how you say this. Have you seen the thing on social media where all the England lads are in like a a takeaway and there's somebody yeah. videoing like all of the players in a getting a kebab takeaway? Ruth Someone Anderson from behind the counter is, is, is yeah. videoing them, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So if they don't write in, I mean. I mean, they've got at least seven names there. Ollie Pope was handed what looked to be about three cubic litres of Donamede. Extraordinary. Um, but yes, yeah, if you do 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 write in if you see um, uh, uh, any any cricketers uh, out and about. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Hi, it's David Gower here. Uh, yes, it's me. Look, it's it's slightly embarrassing, but look, Mark and Miles, they've they've forgotten the email address again. So look. If you've got any cricketing tales, stories, whatever it might be you want to send to them, please email them at middleplease at hotmail.com. Um, and if that's too much, well, try Twitter or Instagram. Um, right. Um, it is time, therefore, for... Oh, for the guest. I know it today. You don't know it, though, do you? I don't know who the guest is. Right. I will give you some clues. First clue. His father-in-law said we should go for world domination. Um, so this is somebody whose father is... Um, is there someone who's married to a cricketer that's married to one of the Trump daughters? Or That's all right. Unfortunately, the next clue I'm going to say is um, his nickname could also work with a type of um, stuffed animal with maybe a hanky over his eye. Um, uh, for, oh, the children in need animal. Mm. Um no, it's oh, uh, it's Pudsey. It's Pudsey. It's Pudsey. Does he need his real full name as well? Hit me. World Cup winner, Liam Plunkett. Middle Please Umpire is proud to be sponsored by Step One Underwear, the UK's choice for comfortable, breathable and no-chafe boxers. Step One believes great achievements start with getting the basics right. So delivering maximum comfort while you're compiling your century or coming in for your third spell of the day is all important. Step One stylish boxes are worn by elite cricketers and sports people the world over. But why do they wear them? Well, they completely eliminate chafing with their ultra-glide panels, which prevent your thighs from rubbing together. So get rid of the baby powders, lotions or whatever other remedy you use. They have got your thighs covered. Not only that, they're ethically made, sourced from sustainably grown organic bamboo, making them super soft, antibacterial and breathable, keeping your, and I can't believe I'm saying this, meat and two veg dry all day, whether you're on the pitch or going about your other everyday shenanigans. It's not just gentlemen who get to enjoy the comfort of Step One, they have a women's boxer range as well. Step One are so confident that you'll love them that there's a 30-day money-back guarantee on your first purchase. 
If you don't like your first pair for whatever reason, they will give you a full refund and you get to keep the pants. So you can try them out completely risk-free. Best of all, for a limited time, listeners of Middle Please Umpire, that's you, can get a whopping 30% off the entire range. Just head to step1.life and enter the code MP30 at checkout. See what the fuss is all about and make Step 1 an essential part of your daily chafe and sweat-free living. Step 1. Get some. William Hill's Safer Gambling Tools helps you stay in control. You can set deposit limits, session reminders and take timeouts whenever you need them. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with. Hello, Nice to see you all. How are you, Liam? Good. Got me up at 7.45 to do a podcast, but yeah, over the moon. Other than that. <laughs> <laughs> nice to chat some cricket with you guys. Uh, not too many English folk to talk cricket to over here, so it's, uh, yeah, looking forward to the chat. So, there, but you're, you're in America now then. Should we, should, we talk about, should we talk about the now, first of all? Sounds good. Where are you? Why? What, what are you doing? Three questions. Nice, straight off the bat. Let me go. It's 7.45, mate. You've got to jump into the day, two-footed first, Cantonar style. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. My wife's from here. I met my wife 14 years ago in London. Fast forward to now. There's an opportunity to come and play uh, for Major League Cricket. Uh, which in- involves uh, like a T20 franchise, which starts next year. But in interim, it's it's coaching for major league academies, helping the minor league, uh, which starts this year. I think it's 26 teams in the minor league competition, which starts next week. So I'll be playing maybe and sort of coaching in that and then looking forward to starting that next year's Major League comp. What sort of players will be in the Major League competition then? Major League, six to eight teams next year. So each team's allowed five overseas. And that's your likes of the guys who play in IPLs or franchise cricket around the world. So I think it got delayed a year because they want the facilities to be good. I mean, you don't want to start anything with the half-assed pitches and stuff. So they want to give themselves extra time. So when it comes, it actually comes with a bang. So you, you want people, when they first tune in, they want, they want to feel it's like American cricket, not just everyday cricket. They want to see the the stands. You want to see a bit like the hot dogs, the beers, that kind of vibe. And I think that's how it will be successful in America. Cricket rules, but a little bit different on the outside. Will there be like uh, someone on a Hammond organ just sort of playing live stuff to get the crowd going? I hope so. I'm wondering if Putty Scotty Scotty's voice ready if he's going to be like great shot like he usually is always going to be great shot man and like really really gone for it with the hot dog scene on i don't know what he's going to gun for <laughs> i'm gonna be coach i'm just coming to the outside shooting t-shirts into the stands like <laughs> 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 well, hopefully that that that's how it would attract a lot of people if obviously you have really good cricket but then it's a different on the outside in terms of the way uh like the crowd participation is the build up to the games, that kind of vibe would be really cool, especially for people who the other international players, Woody, people like, like that who can come across and it's a brand new experience. Uh, I think it'd go really well. Someone like Woody, he could come over and do one season like running the water, and then you build up to being in charge of the t shirt cannon. And then I think because you've got to get to a certain number of miles on that's sort of acclimatization season. And then and then he could play. The mascot's got to be number one, hasn't it? <laughs> you really reach the top when you become them dancing mascots and stuff. They look quality. <laughs> yeah, I think you get paid good money, full time job. That mate, you're going to have to rack off every all cricket back home, your England contract, <laughs> home contract, and get you a gig over here. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you think? Do you think like the? I mean, is there a big following of cricket in the US in general, or is it like sort of? People that might play baseball could integrate into that, or is it? I mean, what what's the setup over there? It is, mate. It's obviously I've been coming back and forth for 14, 15 years, 
And I never realised how big cricket is here. A lot of, obviously, Indian guys, Pakistani guys, but then you have expats from, like, Australia, South Africa, UK. I think Philadelphia itself has, like, 120 club teams. Like, you don't realise there's a lot of cricket going on. So it's, like, down in Houston, I've been working there for the Major League. We host camps down there where I'll coach all the guys who've signed Major League contracts. These are the guys who eventually drip feed and and are going to be eligible to play for USA. So we have camps for these guys to make it feel like they play professional cricket. But when you're down there, there's so much club cricket going on. It's really exciting. I never knew it was cricket was sort of hidden underground, but once you sort of peel the skin back, you can find so much cricket going on here. Presumably you are treated with unbelievable amounts of reverence. I mean, you're rocking around, you're a World Cup winner like Woody the way Wooshy sashays around, uh, you know, the co-op in Ashington or whatever, rose, rose petals thrown at his feet. There must there must be an element. Like every now and then an expert as well, bumping into going, bloody hell, it's Liam Plunkett. Kind of. I think what it is, it's, it's like even the the academy. Uh, when you go, when I started at the academy, you're that shiny new thing where people obviously watch you play, you've been successful, the England team. and But oh, that gets you through the door, right? That That's people, you, you soon need to put in your hard work and come up with your ways and lead that academy or help lead these sessions with the major league guys to be given the respect away from being a player. It's obviously great to achieve what you've achieved as a player, but then it's a step where, well, how can I make a bang while I'm here now? What can I put in? Like, what's my work ethic now? So it's it's transitioning. I'm still going to play, but also it's onto that next level of getting respect for uh, for building and helping these guys grow. So it's uh, I've I've met people in in the past where you're like oh this guy was a legend he played in this he played in that and then you spend a bit of time with him and you're like eh, he's not even trying now he's not he's not trying to put in he, he doesn't want to he hasn't got the passion anymore so I want to be known to come across and be not like a blank slate because you want to bring that experience but you want to be like right I'm starting fresh everyone's the same but let's just build this together so. So far, it's been really good. It's going to grow in America, but why people are coming across here, if you're 26, 27, what's the reason for it? Is it because you've had a bit of bad luck? Is it politics? Uh, is it that you've struggled yeah, with form? So it's working people out and then helping facilitating that. There's not many people like Mark Wood in England. Uh, have you seen anyone like Woody in uh, in America? Uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. There was a few, uh, few blokes uh, when I was in Texas who lived under the... Uh, Highway, uh, remind me of Woody a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't know you could get the uh, the mindful chef delivered there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Are you the main focal point? Is there any, anyone else you've come across who you've either come across in, I don't know, England or, or abroad? Mm, yeah, I mean, the few of the guys who I played at uh, IPL for Delhi with, you've got Corey Anderson, you've got uh, Dane Pete, I see South Africa, New Zealand international. Uh, a lot of guys from South Africa have played first class. Uh, New, New Zealand guys plays first class. Uh, it's a mixture. You've got Shihan Jai Saria, played for uh, Sri Lanka. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot that I've played against international. There's just too many to reel off the top of my head. And it's too early to remember everyone. <laughs> what is the longest format currently being played in America? Are there, are there two innings games? No, I think there could be, but I don't know about it. It's generally T20 and 50 overs. It's there's so much cricket. There's more cricket available here for kids than it is back home. Wow! Like I, I didn't. Yeah, it's some some of the kids down in Texas and places like that. They'll play four games a week. 
every night. Like I remember growing up for me, you might play the odd midweek game and a cup game, but generally it's on a Sunday morning. You play on Sunday mornings and then you train and then I'm shocked. I can't believe that's that much. I know there's so much cricket, like, but you have to find it. That's the thing. When you find it, then you just always see it. As I said, for the first 12 or first 11, 10 years I was here, I didn't see anyone with a cricket ball. People have mentioned it or seen so-and-so. There's a game on down here, but I never came across it until I think I went to indoor school before. Uh, I was here at the end of my Yorkshire career and I came and tried to like search for a cricket venue. And as soon as I found it, and then obviously it opened up to the cricket uh, community here. But you guess unanimously people would say that he's one of the hardest trainers with England in terms of his fitness and things like that. And he, you often do things different, don't you? You don't just do the generic stuff. You've been, I remember when you went to Marrow 4, you trained with like baseball coaches and stuff, didn't you? And you did think different drills and stuff. And are you still doing those different drills? Are you still training hard? Yeah, I'm with a, a company called Ascend, which is about 10 miles from here. I signed up with them guys where there's a SNC and a, a physio who they train all the major league baseball guys. So I'm fascinated in that sort of stuff anyway. Uh, so it's good just you rock up there and a guy came up to me the other day and said oh, I heard you play cricket and I'm like I don't know I was like I wasn't trying to be disrespectful I'm like oh yeah you play baseball and he's like play for the Yankees for three years the Rockies for three years <laughs> <laughs> like yeah people just rocking around who are in between like either injured and yeah but can you stop a three from the boundary can you pull it back and watch it over the top of the stumps that's what you should have, you should have said <laughs> it's yeah so it's just the sportsmen here, there's so many of the guys rocking around. So it's uh, it's cool, but it's good to just chat about different sports and what it's like to play for like the Yankees. Because you're someone that I, from from the point of view of a fan, you, you sort of had a kind of physical transformation as a player. If you think if you like 2000, was it Pakistan where you made your debut? So 2005, you know, it's slightly more sort of wiry, I guess. And then by the time you're, you know, you're at your peak when you're sort of, uh, you know, sort of grisly kind of uh you know you look like a sort of big log felling kind of guy roaring in in the middle of overs get it out man i'm not offended spit it out <laughs> no i'm just saying you kind of you you know you turn into a sort of wild grizzly you know you look like a sort of a forester a lumberjack That's, that kind of thing you look like a sasquatch is that what you're trying to get <laughs> <up>? <laughs> I'm just kidding. you 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 looked bigger and stronger than some of some of the other people that were turning out for england uh is what i'm is, is perhaps what i'm saying now. yeah i think it was just that transition I did like my strength and conditioning and I think it was the way I went about things was I probably did a lot more than I needed to but it made me feel good it made me feel like I was going to bowl at my best and as you said as you develop as a an adult you, you grow your bones get bigger you get more muscle mass and I guess that's what happened right so because I I would have first seen you in the flesh uh, in the stadium would have been Shandigar uh, in that's 2006 isn't it uh, and then, and then, like like yourself and Mark Wood, I was at Lords in 2019. Um, I was, I can't remember me. I was down in the war, in the Warner stand. Maybe I, you know, I had a hat on and a blue yeah, and a yeah, blue yeah. shirt. Yeah, you remember. In fact, in fact, I was right in. I was sitting about three rows behind where Trent Bolt trod on the, the um, on the rope, and I had absolutely no idea he'd done it. I because I felt at the time, I, I, I to me, you're you're one of the. Although obviously you've walked away with the medal and you're, you're a winner, the, the, the kind of unsung. Uh, part of that World Cup final. I know you took your th your, the three wickets, but towards the right, at the end of the run chase, you came in and you hit some very, very, very necessary boundaries. The role that you played in, as a as a batter in that game got kind of lost in the uh, in the overall excitement. What was that like going out there, thinking, "How the hell have we? we surely we can't mess this up." I know I know some people think it's par. In my mind, I was strutting out there to hit five sixes and walk off. Absolute. 
legend. But, <laughs> 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 but it never never turned out like that. But I, I don't know. I was actually not too bad. I, I said this. I, people say it's easy to say this now, but I don't know. I feel like I played so much cricket. We got beat in the T20 World Cup final. And I don't know. I just felt like it was meant to be. I've not really had that feeling before. Even like in that super over when Joffrey got hit for six, I still felt like we were going to win it. So it was only afterwards that we realised to me how big of occasion it was. I felt during the game, I managed to sort of just keep myself focused on the cricket and not the occasion. Uh, and it was only afterwards that I sat down in the dressing room and cried like a baby. Because so. I think we, we spoke to Lewis Moody the other day and he was talking about how we're winning a World Cup and then just actually that sudden sort of, it only sinks in afterwards in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're so sort of in the moment. Of course, like, I mean, un- unlike Mark, you actually went to the bother of fielding during the Super Over. Whereas um, Woody, I just think he'd sort of given up on it a bit by then. Maybe he's that tired, he put on everything he had and he tried that hard that he couldn't get himself out, you know. And you see someone gets it, Miles. You see? No, I think you were let down by the strength and conditioning people. I don't, I don't think they planned. <laughs> they, they hadn't planned for a Super Over. They hadn't planned for that. <laughs> Nobody knew what they were. You, they, you'd absolutely peaked in order for the very last moment for you to be in the game was to dive for the in the final delivery of the innings, and that's what it came down to. It was just it was it was an absence of preparation. The obviously the two thousand and five Ashes lot when they won the Ashes, they all went bananas, uh, perhaps misbehaved. How hard did you lot party? I mean, obviously Mark Wood, nothing 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 stronger than an energy drink for him. But um, was it, did did you manage to find time to enjoy being World Cup champions, world champions? Everyone was knackered, right? Because that World Cup bubble, like, it's so high strung because you're just bouncing from hotel to hotel. You're playing and you try to avoid what's going on in the media and stuff, but you, you do take that in and you're just generally on edge the whole time. Uh, but yeah, obviously, after the World Cup into the, the hotel, we had a good time. Families and friends were down there, which Mog was a massive believer of to bring the families in. And then obviously the day after, it's like, obviously the guys have been out and it's like, oh, by the way, you need to go and look at 300 kids at the Oval, probably all thinking like Rapsy Nesbitt. <laughs> we went to Downing Street from there, didn't we? And that was, that was an experience. It was good fun. It was, yeah, I don't think we've ever, I think we spoke about this when we all watched the World Cup final again during COVID. We've never really been together as a unit since really. So hopefully with what's coming out in terms of the film, the documentary about the World Cup. We can all sit down at some point, have dinner and just reflect. But yeah, it's time flies, right? It's how many years later and it's a blink of an eye and we're, yeah, we're here we are. Me? Did I mean putting that he went on Gogglebox together, mate? As, as, uh, I mean, as in the two of you being sitting on a sofa together arguing about how much you're enjoying. Yeah, well, we were close to going on. I would have loved to have done that with Pudsy. Would have been good fun. Is that something? Did you was that something that you would you too often sort of snuggle up and watch things together and have a good old? Well, what's going on here then? Oh, I think he did it. It was that one, the one in the hat. Yeah, well, we, we did quite a bit actually. We did quite a bit. I mean, at one point, I'm sure we were like Love Island's biggest fans at one point. Me and Pudsy. We just put uh, take our socks off and just put foot on foot at the end of the bed together. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I used to calm him down before a big game. Just put foot on foot. Okay. <laughs> it's a very touching image. You mean you used to wear all the Love Island t-shirts, mate? No more than that. <laughs> all the merchandise. My, although, although we are talking about Love Island stuff, my favourite Pudsy story is the Langham one. That's my favourite one. That still gets spoke about now in the dressing room when uh, he got a bit spooked. That was that's at least me me favourite one of all time. I'm not. The thing is, I'm not even easily spooked. And obviously, the Langham Hotel is known for having 
Gorfs or whatever. Is this the one in cent- in central London? Yeah, 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 by the BBC. Yeah, but, but it had a big fire as well about twenty years ago. Yeah, we used to play there. We used to stay there. Sorry, before before England games, we moved now, but we used to we used to play there, and there was like this thing big for all about the third floor. It was like oh, this that's the haunted floor, and for some reason I don't know why, but we always used to stay on the third floor. And then there was this one room. I mean, Pudsey wasn't the only one. Mo and, I'm sure Mo and Ali's wife had trouble. Someone else did. There was like three or four players. So I like, had a bit of a rough night. And then that one night, Pudsey had a rough night. Honestly, so funny. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't... Like, it is what it is. I don't even... I don't even believe in that kind of stuff. And Until I see something or something happens, I don't believe in stuff. And I think we played a game and it was... Uh, I was in the room that would say, don't stay in, whatever it is, three, whatever it is. <laughs> and I was like... The light keep flickering. I was like, oh, cool. The electrics are playing up, whatever. Cool. And then I drift off and like the tap starts going in the bathroom. I'm like, oh, whatever. The plumbing must be a bit dodgy. What's going on here? And then, all right. And then we have like these, obviously you get the water bottles, but they're not small ones. They're like the quite like half a litre ones. Remember them, would you like the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had six on the table and then one dropped on the floor. And I'm like, someone must be having a good time next door, banging that wall, whatever. <laughs> and then, uh, and literally all of the bottles like shot across the table on the floor. And I'm like, all right, that's me. I'm done. You can have your room back. I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, pack my bags at like 4.35 a.m. And I just like, nah, nah, I'm cool. I'm off. You just got in your car and headed off. Yeah, because it was the end of the series and I was going back up north anyway. So it gave me an excuse to get on the road. But yeah, I mean. I just the thought of this big, strong bloke going, that's it. You can have it and storm another room. <laughs> so quality. Where was the hotel? Was it Michael Clark? Or, no. Um... Oh, it was Durham. That was uh, Lumley Castle. That was Lumley Castle. And who's that? Shane Watson. That? Shane Watson, that's right. Yeah, that was Durham, yeah. Is that is that meant to be haunted or was that um, opposition members banging their headboards against the wall or what have you? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's meant to be, isn't it? Some sort of, but... Uh... Yeah, it would have been, I, I don't know, something... Just a cool northerly breeze, man. We get there all the time in the northeast miles. He just, he wasn't, Aussies aren't used to the, the, the north winds. It was ever so frightening. There was a window rattling slightly. <laughs> so what? when did you two first meet then? Uh, Durham Academy days? Well, I'd have been in the academy. Putty, Putty was in the first team because even, at, I think Putty could have had Durham something like 16 or 17. So he'd have been, you know, way ahead of me. And he, he was... You know, playing for England at a young age. Always remember, I used to sit on the corner seat as he came in the dressing room. So he was the first person you'd see in the Durham dressing room when we were allowed in the first team dressing room. Because obviously a second team dressing room, first team dressing room. But he was the first one on the corner, lighted saw the dressing room, and you know everybody would. I remember at the time everybody, you as a junior academy or second team, you'd look up to these guys. Pudsey was definitely, definitely one of them England player, and ours would be messing with people's kit and stuff like that. So he's definitely someone that. I would try and copy a little bit. I mean, even in England, they would say that he was the big brother and I was the little brother because I'd try and grow my beard like him and every hair bag of that. So I'd, I'd get plenty of flack for trying to copy Pudsey. I just could never get the guns like him. That's the problem. The little brother. Still trying to ball as fast as me as well. <laughs> <laughs> what is the fastest you've let a go of a ball recently, Woody? You back, quickest, you back near? Qu- quickest ever. Oh, you mean at the minute? No, recent, recently, since your most recent injury. Oh God, milestone! Could we, could we? You could be pushing me at the minute. Oh really? Until I'm fully back. Injured, I've got the injured wing, haven't I? Kind of, kind of fly them out at the minute. Woody's Woody probably 97 miles per hour. I'm at 97k. That's where I'm at at the minute. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you? Are, is it all played with the white ball in America? By the way. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Have you not seen them? They stitch them and they, they do like um, those funny throwing actions and stuff. Yeah. That's they right. Yeah. The, the w- wicketkeeper only wears one glove. Yeah. yeah, is it 
the thing is now with the minor leagues, until the grounds get built, you, you play on like it's uh, concrete astro. So it's uh, oh, would it fly through on that? It would, but also my shins will fly through my skin as well. That's what happened with that. So it's uh, <laughs> it's working out that. So it's like being smart about that. So it's on the east coast until the pitches get built and it needs time to bed in, and it might be after I'm retired fully. Uh, but some of the wickets down Houston and down the in across the pond, not across the pond, across the country in the Bay Area, nice wickets, grass wickets. Uh, but yeah, that's, a, that's the only tricky thing to navigate is if you're playing, well, if there's potholes and then you're running from a potholes onto concrete slab, then it, yeah, that's not really, uh, that's the minor league stuff, but it's just going to take time, right? I, I class this as a, a startup company, which I'm investing a lot of time in. So it's it's going to take time, but it's exciting because every day there's new news from around America and cricket. So it feels like everything's building day by day. So And are you um, batting up the order a bit? We'll see. I mean, I've been having a hit. So uh all I need to do is put a long on a cow corner, then I'm knackered anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Woody, is it time for the super over? Yes, yes. But before I mention the super, I just wanted to let people know that the I still consider it the best time I had on tour was actually with Pudsey anywhere in the world that I've been. Um, place called Raglan, which you'll know well, Miles. Of course, you're beloved New Zealand. Oh yeah. That I would say out of everywhere I've been in the world, we had three or four days doing Pudsey at, at Raglan. Me, you, Mark Saxby, the, the masseur. And we we travelled on like a, a road trip sort of camper van. We went across to to Raglan Beach and we we had a swim there. And it was a cool place. We did that three or four days in a row. And I think that's the best without obviously having family and stuff there. That's the best. What what island is that on? Is that North Island, South Island? North Island. So we played at Hamilton, but it's like an hour's drive across. And I would say, would you say that was the best? But I mean, you've toured loads of places. Put was that one of the best you've you've experienced? Or? I think at that time as well, because it was a lot of families were there. Our families weren't there as well. We did spend a lot of time together, but it was just good to get away. And I love being with England and stuff. But I think people realise it's it is nice to have a bit of time away, and it just feels like with with yourself and Sacks were quite close, all three of us, and you can just relax and be yourself and take that breath of fresh air, right? And it was uh, it's good banter. No one takes anything serious, and uh, yeah, that was that was a great time, one of the best times for sure. I think taking taking a masseur on a beach holiday sounds about as decadent as, it, as life could possibly get. <laughs> Incredible. Didn't tell you what kind of beach you was that the thing? <laughs> <laughs> right, come um, on then, Miles. You ready on the clock? I'm ready on the clock. Right, so Super Rover, you tell me when to go. Pudsey, first thing that comes to your mind, um, can pass if you want, but we're going to try and get through as many as we can in a minute and a half. Miles Jupp, waiting for you. Your time starts now. White spikes or coloured spikes? White spikes. What is your favourite TV owl? Uh, Hooters owl. <laughs> Who is the most random celebrity contact in your phone? Pass. First cricket bat? Slazenger Panther. Favourite sandwich filling? Uh, peanut butter and jam. Turning pitch or green top? Green top. Heaviest item you've ever dropped on your foot? Kettlebell. 100, 300 kg. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been mistaken for a famous person or another cricketer? Famous person was actually in America, was uh, Aaron Rodgers, NFL player. I was actually having a, a pee in the toilet and a guy said, oh, you're a mommy of Aaron Rodgers. And Green Bay Packers were actually playing on the TV above us. So, yeah, it didn't work out that well. So he plays for them. So Mike Gatting is coming to dinner. What are you going to cook him? Uh, Toad in the hole. <laughs> and you walk out of bat. What are you going to ask the umpire for when taking guard? Middle and off. Oh. <laughs> 
by the barest of all margins. By the barest of all margins, five seconds to spare, and it's very reassuring there to hear that you've not you've not been in America long enough to say peanut butter and jello. You still call it peanut butter and jam, which is a it's a blessed relief. You've got to cling to these things, especially in a jubilee year, Pudsy. It probably isn't, but the sandwich I like would have took thirty five seconds to explain, so it was too long. Well, Jack Jack Leach was the. I mean, Jack Leach's answer ultimately spanned seventy two hours. Heaviest items dropped each for kettlebell three hundred kgs. That's heavy. I yeah, it's for a kettlebell. That, I was just doing a, a curl and press and I drop. <laughs> <laughs> first um, first cricket bat was Slazenger Panther. Slazenger Panther, yeah. Panther, first yeah, I remember my first four. I tried to drive it a little outside edge to, well, like a thick edge went past gully under 13 cricket. Yeah, I remember it very well. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna flash, flash on. Uh, well, that's probably probably no longer legal advice. Um, uh, thanks for, <laughs> uh, thank you very much indeed for joining us. World Cup winner, no less, uh, the mighty uh, Liam Plunkett. Thanks very much indeed. So, Miles, that was Liam Puggett, or Puds, as now you're calling him. So that's Joss Butler, Joss Butler, and now Puds. I mean, you're practically in the team now. I feel like you're in the dressing room. Well, Puds did at least say I could call him Puds. I don't think Joss Butler ever said it. He never said the words, please call me Joss Butler, Joss Butler, did he? Or Jose, of course, that's his other nickname. Uh, yeah, well, I'm allowed to call him Puds, so I'm, yeah. That's uh, that's another one ticked off. Ticked off the old bucket list. So, so do you think you're more on, like, a... Are you more like of a glove fist pump kind of relationship now, or do you think you're just like all right, puds? I think fist bump. Um, <laughs> it's more like he'd probably like sort of say, "Oh, you're all right," and I go, "Hello," and sort of a polite nod, something like that. I reckon that I reckon that's where we're at. It's very you know because these are the people you know we keep coming at this situation. They're people like you know sort of in an everyday way, whereas to me they're people I've sat in you know Shandigar two thousand six you know, in Mahali Stadium or whatever, there he is, he's playing for England, or Lords 2019, there he is winning the World Cup. So it's for, for me, it's such a, it's a it's a very different thing. Putty would very much be in the Moon Ali bracket of seeing the, the funny things at the perfect time. So he would, I'm sure everybody would agree that in the team, Putty was one of the funniest without a shadow of a doubt. We just, he had little sayings, he, he would mimic, which we should have gotten him to do when he was on, but he would mimic a dinosaur and do dinosaur noises, walk around like a dinosaur. Is this in the dress in the dressing room or on the out on the outfield? Um, either. If, if he had a, if he had a chance to do it, he would do it. Because you used to do that horse thing. You very much put the horse away. Hey, 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 hey! Let's not bring. Why are you always going to bring it back to the horse thing? I don't always bring it back to the horse thing. You've just gone strangely quiet. You're kind of invisible, Shergar. <laughs> Well, Woody, um, I think we should wrap up. Uh, thank you very much indeed uh, for our, uh, for listening. I don't know if you're listening to this now or many, many years in the future, um, but uh, we days, weeks, months. Uh, thank you very much indeed for listening. Do write in uh, um, with uh, all of these stories that we mentioned earlier when we did the mailbag. Um, Woody, best of luck with your continued recovery. Miles, the Martians are coming. <laughs> Should be taken and is taken. Brilliant from Mark Wood. What a spell this has been. Every day, William Hill has advanced odds on cricket matches. That includes flash odds ahead of the big games, plus hashtag your odds and much more. Stake limits apply. Odds may fluctuate. Visit WilliamHill.com 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.